Hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Bible Study Girl podcast. I am Sarita. You know me as Bible Study Girl. And the first voice you heard on this podcast was the executive producer. Sometimes, y'all. Sometimes he does it. Uh, Bible Study Brother. What's good? It is I, Bible Study Brother, but I am also known as Icarus Gray, a red gray area anime. And this is the most wonderful podcast of your day. Be sure to check the links down in the description to subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel and everywhere else that you can find us now that it is actually there and executive producer got some things done. Congratulations, bro. I'm proud of you. Oh, guys, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, then you don't know that Bible Study Brother and I are actually real life brothers and sister we have the same mom uh grew up in the same household so you do get to hear a lot of banter and back and forth between us it's all love so relax just relax (laughs) um we are still in the boundary series i enjoyed that long break we had but We've been back grinding, reading this book. And even though it's helpful for me, it definitely challenges me in a lot of different areas. So this week we are discussing chapter 11 of the Boundaries book. I think I forgot to let you know who wrote it if you're interested in obtaining a copy. So the Boundaries book was written by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. They are both Christian therapists. So... The boundary discussion is coming from a Christian standpoint. I think it's good for anybody, whether you're Christian or not. I think it really gives you an understanding of what's appropriate and allows you. Quite often when I hear boundaries, I think of the things that I can't do and the things I'm restricted from. But I can say that establishing healthy boundaries has actually opened up a lot of doors and a lot of opportunities and actually freed me in a lot of areas of my life. Um, When you live a boundaryless life, you can allow other people to misuse you and you misuse your own gifts. Sorry, you misuse your own gifts, talents and time. And so that... um, Reading the Boundaries book has been very helpful for me. I have been getting some amazing feedback from people that the Boundary series is helping them. So that helps me to continue to push forward. So back to today's topic, Chapter 11, Boundaries and Work. Really meaty topic. I I didn't, just reading the subject title, I was thinking to myself how... I didn't know how helpful or impactful it would be for me, but it definitely brought up some things and some issues and gave me some clarity on some situations. So I'm excited to hear your take on the chapter, brother. First question I'm going to ask you is, do you believe that work is ministry? Um, yes and no. Okay. I mean, I believe that you are the ministry so where you go there should be ministry um but i also know that the workplace does not necessarily believe that okay i think i believe that my viewpoint of this probably has been shaded or colored 
by the fact that I did experiencing God, right? When I turned, not experiencing God, Lord, purpose-driven life. Mm -hmm. I did that for the first 40 days after I turned 40 this year. And he talks a lot about purpose Mm -hmm. and about basically, he doesn't say it in these words that I don't believe, but basically your life is a ministry. I mean, and we hear people say this all the time that sometimes the only Bible people will read is you, it's your actions, it's the things you do, it's the way you live your life. So when I think about the question, is work a ministry? Mm. I think yes, because your life is a ministry and the way that you operate at work is a reflection of the God you say that you serve. Um, And so I think there are many different instances where we miss the mark. Some people compartmentalize, right? I'm Christian on Sunday in the service when, you know, the doors of the church open, I shout, I dance, I am holy, 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 hallelujah. And then we go to work on Monday and we don't give our job the best that we can. We don't apply those same principles. And I, and I think doing purpose-driven life really has convicted me in a lot of different areas and pushed me to do better, to be better, because everything I do is a ministry. I think quite often when we think about Christians in church, when you think about work being an opportunity for ministry, you only think about it in the context of if you're like a pastor or if you are, um, you know, on the praise team or like a, you play an instrument. Okay. So then work is the ministry. But I think uh, for me personally, like globally, your whole life is ministry. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, sir. You didn't, you didn't have your Baptist finger up for a while. <laughs> well, no, I, I was funny is this is confirmation to what I've been saying for like the past two days. I kind of got asked that question, uh, by someone I don't want to just divulge. Uh, well, not really, but I got asked in a certain way that made me answer this, and I was like, you know, there are no real private moments. Like your private moment with God is not meant to stay just with Him, because when you get to like heaven, you're not going to be like, hey God, you remember when I was in my prayer room and I was only talking to you about this thing and like you know, you you did something about it and like we were talking together and we were doing all this stuff in private. It's not going to be like, yeah, I'm not a private God. It's not going to be like, oh, great. I'm glad you didn't share how good I was to you with others. I'm glad you like, no, like there are, there's a time and a place for everything, everything in decency and in order, which is biblical, but we're not meant to hide the testimonies of our lives to ourselves in our quiet moments. You know, when God picks you up from that moment that quote unquote, only he knows about you are now a testimony to somebody, to somebody's salvation, to somebody's uh, connection. That's going to get them out of that dark place that they were in. Um, So yeah, that, that was just confirmation stuff I've been talking about recently. Well, let me say that as a caveat to what you said, like when you talk about there are some moments that are not just meant for you and God, like if he's done something for you, you should share it. I think for me, the caveat to that is that 
sharing it publicly doesn't always necessarily mean on social media. It literally could yeah. be you share it with your neighbor. You know they're going through what God just delivered you out of. Mm-hmm. And so that's a perfect opportunity to minister. And you don't have to put on Facebook. I just ministered to my neighbor about blah, 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 because they're going through it too. But I do think your testimony provides you definite opportunities to minister to others and to show them and to let them know God is good. This is how he helped me. Or even honestly, if you've encountered a situation where you don't think God answered the way that you wanted him to answer, mm-hmm. you can see how, even though it wasn't answered the way you wanted it to answer, God still worked it out. So I think those are definitely opportunities to minister. Because yeah, um, caveat, caveat. Uh, <laughs> discernment. I, I forgot to add that part. I always say with discernment because you you're not because mm-hmm. again the enemy can hear you. Uh, so you need to discern who and, and where you need to share things with. But you know it's not just meant for you and your. It's you're not meant to hoard up the blessings that God gives uh gives you. Right. Um. So that was interesting. We went off on a little bit of a tangent with caveats on top of caveats. <laughs> but we are still we are still on focus and we are still on topic. And the reason I asked you about work being a ministry is because this whole chapter is about work. Mm-hmm. And whether you work in corporate America or you work at the gas station or anywhere in between, mm-hmm. you do have the opportunity to minister to other people. And I think and when I say minister, I don't mean necessarily like the dude that's on um, Colonel Glenn and like university <laughs> with, on Fridays with the white, um, it's like a white church rope he has on and a bullhorn. Mm-hmm. And he yells at people. Sometimes he's cursing while he's preaching to people. Sometimes he has like a big cross out there. It's, it's, it's different every time. But I think for me, like I said before, like your life is a ministry and the way you treat people is a testament to the God you serve and the way you speak, the way you act. All those things are a testament to the God that you serve. So when we talk about work and having boundaries at work, um, like I said, I didn't know if I would get a whole lot of meat and fruit <laughs> out of this. Cause I'm like, I mean, what could you tell me about work? Primarily because I work at home. Mm. I listen <laughs> when I tell y'all my work environment <laughs> <laughs> and the way I show up for work yeah. is quite different <laughs> than it used to be. But I was able to get a lot of great information about a lot of great information out of this chapter that I can apply to my personal life. So the book gives an example of nine common boundary problems that people can experience in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Is there any one boundary problem, brother, that you've had to deal with? And if so, would you care to share it with the audience? I mean, I've had to deal with all of them at, at some point. Uh, the, the one, I guess, that I kind of disagree with and like, I, I don't know, I, it's probably something within me, uh, was problem number seven, which is expecting too much of work. And that's because I I have an issue with um, 
basically people saying, you know, like work and personal being separate in a certain way. And what I mean by that is like, I, I get and I understand again, decency in order. There's a time and a place for everything. And this workplace is not quote unquote meant to be my family. But I feel like when we say that and in a lot of situations, it removes the empathy from, from people. Um, and that could just be a boundary set and it feels uncomfortable for me or whatever. But I feel like I'm constantly, especially during when we lost everybody that we lost, you know how hard it is to explain to people these are really important people to me. And it's not just, mm-hmm. and I get under your bylaws and all of this other stuff that you were only concerned about intermediate family, this, that, and the third, because somebody burned you and kept saying, well, my aunt, my cousin, my whoever died. And so we made the rule based off of the worst example of who's using the rule over people who are actually connected with their family, but neither here nor there. Um, So that was the most difficult one for me and just kind of like, I'm not supposed to come here looking for people to build me up. I'm supposed to look, I mean, I need to have like a, a nurturing work environment. Yes. Which is something that it says, but I'm not looking for you to fulfill uh childhood uh, requests or whatever it said. Like they're, they're a lack in like childhood things or whatever. I'm not here to look for that. A lack of childhood needs not being met. So you go to work expecting everybody at work to like be your family and treat you like family and, you know, love on you. I think what you said, I agree with you in a lot of ways with the point about, um, Lord, I'm trying to read it out the book. Oh, expecting too much of work, right? Mm hmm. I think hard, you want, like you said, you want work to show you empathy. I do realize that they have to make money. They are a business, but you do want to work for people that have empathy for situations that occur in life. Like the year we lost four family members in a six week period. I want work to understand. Well, they, they don't have to understand though. I think that's the thing. They don't have to understand because it's not, it's not their family. They still have business needs that need to be met, but you do want to work for somebody that would be empathetic to your situation and say, hey, you take care of you, we'll juggle things around at the office. Um, you do want to you do want to work for a company like that. Thankfully, at the time that we had all those losses in 2021, my job was super flexible. Um mm-hmm. But also, even if they had been, even if they had not been, I just would not have had a job. I was not in a mental place to really show up. Just didn't care. I I know I didn't care. And it was was not in a mental place to show up every day or even show up for full days. Um, The great thing about most jobs, though, is you can take FMLA so you don't lose your job. So I guess that is a great little caveat. But even if even I don't know why I keep saying caveat this episode. I'm not gonna say it again because I don't like the fact that he keeps coming up now. <laughs> um, but even with that, I just I didn't have it. I didn't have it in me. So you do. I yeah. Like you said, you want to work in a nurturing environment. You want to be around people that are 
polite or whatever. But of course, that doesn't always happen. So I think. Where were you? You getting ready to say something? I was gonna go to uh, the next problem that I was that I'd be fighting with. Okay, go ahead. Uh, which is number five, misplaced priorities. Which is like it was very hard for me to not feel responsible for stuff. Um, especially when I was working in a pawn shop, like I learned so much about working in a pawn shop. Going through COVID made me set the boundaries like the first half of the boundaries which is, which is why i was like those aren't as much a difficulty but the misplaced priorities of like not letting somebody fall flat on their face when that's not my responsibility to do mm-hmm. um or so you would so you would carry somebody else's load is that what you're saying oh yeah for sure like i would not um I didn't like bad pawns. So if I heard you doing one, I would probably stop you from doing it. Got it. Like, or trying to do whatever, or, you know, say something about it later when it's like, that's not my responsibility. Um, and at the end of the day, it's your job, your you as the job's responsibility to make sure you're training people to understand the risk assessment of, or however you want them to be. My job is to just do what I've been hired to do. Um, and, how you mostly hire us, uh, how I thought about it was you hire us to be pawnbrokers. You don't hire us to be salesmen. I mean, you want us to be, and you add that in later, but my requirement is pawn and get people to pay on their pawns. The rest right. of it is more so extra in terms of like how you make more profit on top of the profit you get from people paying interest out the wazoo and everything else. But that's my responsibility is like I'm getting there early. I will make sure I'm there on time. I, um, you know, watch mom a lot. And it's like majority of the time, like if they needed her there, she was there. You know, if she needs to do something for us, she had enough cachet to make arrangements and stuff around us. But I, what I took from that was you just get stuff done. I don't want quote unquote, nothing falling back on me even though those things are not my responsibility, but when I get in the way and start doing them, even though it's not my job, then it comes to be expected. And then someone else's yard and my yard now have to be taken care of. And clearly my yard is not getting taken care of. And then I'm in trouble for two yards. I think I'll piggyback with you on misplaced priorities. You know, I said that, Working from home, I'm like, how could this really help me? How is this applicable to what I'm doing now? Mm. Okay, so I work from home, but I also I still do treat part-time anyway. But I'm working with children and listen, boundary anyway. <laughs> I don't really I don't truly have like co-workers that I see every day. So the misplaced priority conversation is pivotal because it speaks to who I am as a person right like you said if I see something wrong I'll go ahead and fix it or somebody is doing something wrong even though it's not my job I'll go ahead and fix it so things can flow smoothly and in my current job my manager was saying to us just the whole team collectively like Y'all are out here doing things to work around errors in the system. So we don't know there are errors in the system. 
We won't know if you're always working around it. If it's an error and it's not doing it correctly, you need to just let it, let it do it incorrectly. And you tell us, hey, every time I do this, it's not working right. I'm going around. Um, and that was just weird to me, mm -hmm. but it makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to know there's a problem if you are always picking up the slack and prioritizing everything you know i can't recognize that there are flaws in the system if you are always coming up with a way to get around those flaws and and that's hard for me to do right because if it's wrong i want to fix it and not necessarily reach out to somebody and say hey this is wrong i just come up with ways to you know make things work out so i think that misplaced priorities <laughs> It's, it's strong within me. And it's, it's like one of those things where this is why I think so it's so hard with this book because I'm like, it's so many workplaces that that's their MO, though, is making you feel like, and again, you have to take accountability for your own feelings, but the environment is such that it emphasizes that you need to just figure it out. Your job is to get this done. As soon as I say, hey... This is not allowing me to do whatever. Well, we always do this. Right. I will say, too, the book really pointed out the areas that I struggle in. Because mm -hmm. I know somebody that has very strong boundaries about work and what I will and will not do. And we have had discussions about, well, you know, sometimes, you know, you got to do a little extra and blah, blah, blah. And like reading this chapter is like Sarita your take on things may be because of your weaker boundaries with people and setting boundaries with people so it's uncomfortable for me to say hey I'm not doing it you know like I'm not doing it, <laughs> it it's also you don't feel <laughs> like I'm a go can, a lot know? of times I'm gonna go along to get along kind of person because that's just what we're talking like bro I was at a my previous job before I was working in the pawn shop, as you know, I was working at a gym and I was there for uh, a decade, 10 or 11 years. And there were so many things that I just went along with. Like, I didn't know about PTO. I didn't know about asking for raises, all of these different things that like were causing issues for me in my development and my growth. But I just, I was expecting and trusting people to do what they were supposed to do versus it's not their responsibility that, you know, my bills or whatever need to get paid. I want to live by myself. I'm trying to be a functioning adult. It's not their responsibility. I have to ask the questions because the way these things are set up, if I can get over on you, I'm gonna get over on you. Like, cause that's just how most people are. Outside of uh, people that, like we were talking about earlier, actually have empathy towards others. Um, and you have to know how to set your boundaries. Like you having weak boundaries, like a, a thief that can get into a store easily is not going to tell you to sure up your defenses. Right. It's just not going to happen. So. Um, <sighs> yeah. so last question I have for you, brother, as we wrap up this chapter. We've been talking about work, mm -hmm. common boundary problems we can have at work. Let's get down to the specifics. What kind of work did God make you for? Because one of the boundary problems is 
people not liking their job. Yeah. And the book discusses that that's a matter of you not really being in tune with your skill set and then finding a job that kind of fits those skill sets and, and being willing to grow and learn and doing all those things to find a job that you enjoy. So what kind of work did God create you to do? Well, as you know, I was just, uh, well, by the time this come out, I've been home and, and, and since uh, come back. But while I was at home, uh, I talked about my original design, uh, which is from the Knowing Freedom book, which you can uh, get at citycentral.org, uh, I believe. Um, if if not, I'll, I'll have it sent to her correctly at some point. Um, but in Don't put that, it in the description? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you don't send it, I know it won't be there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I meant for communication. I meant to do what we're doing now. This is my um, primary realm of of purpose is going through and, and ministering God's word in the places because that was the other thing that the the, the chapter confirmed for me even more so than than other things is again. God is everywhere. God is in your workplace. Continuously, we try to make it seem like you don't, you can't take him here or you can't take him there. And it's like purpose takes you everywhere. Purpose takes you to places that you never even expected that you would be. Um, so being a, you know, a content creator, a podcaster, a musician, always that I'm able to use um, my gift of testimony in prophecy and and knowledge and and faith in all these different things because either I'm telling my testimony through song so that way you can digest it that way or I'm breaking it down uh, here with you here on the No Rhyme Reason podcast and also on Gray Area Anime. Awesome. I think, well, I have had this discussion with my therapist probably a lot within the last year. Mm-hmm. You know, I've shared quite frequently that big birthdays or milestone events cause a lot of stress for me. Mm-hmm. So turning 25 was stressful for me because I'm like, I'm almost out of my 20s. Like, what am I doing with myself? <laughs> 30, definitely big stress bubbles because what am I doing with myself? So definitely (laughs) rounding the quarter to 40 was a time of great reflection for me. And one thing that my therapist was intentional about and has been continually intentional about is reminding me that my purpose is not specific to a a career, a certain career path, but my mm-hmm. purpose uh, follows me wherever I go. So what are my skill sets? What gifts and talents do I have? And then you can figure out, okay, this is an area I can use my gifts and my talents. So for me, I think one of my biggest things is that I have the gift of helps. I naturally want to help people. So you know, that could be done in a variety of ways. It's not it's not specific to one career path or one goal. Um, because I frequently I'm like a I am a series of opposites, right? Like I'm an introvert, but if you know me, I'll talk all day long, right? 
Yeah. And majority of your giftings are extroverted things that people like. I can... I can be very... Okay. So lots of things make me nervous and afraid, right? Mm -hmm. But by the same token, I will just jump up and do something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not... Makes sense. So I'm like a I'm a walking contradiction. Okay, you've ridden on so, roller coasters before. Makes no sense what? to me. Yes, see, you've ridden I'm... roller coasters before, and it makes no sense to me. <laughs> None. <laughs> I am, and so and so that causes me to have a lot of. Uh, I guess the word is anxiety about decision making. Because I can be very impulsive, but then I can overthink a thing. And so it's been helpful for me to be reminded that my gifts, my talents will make room for me. And they're not specific to one line of work, but be open to however God wants to use me and not get stuck in. Well, I have to do this because this is what, you know. This is what I feel like I I just have to do. So um, that has been helpful for me. Boundaries and work. It is a delicate balance, really, truly. And I think quite often if you are having difficulties with establishing boundaries in your personal life, it's definitely going to bleed over into work. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of the example of the lady we saw at the beginning of the book who was overwhelmed with work, overwhelmed with church, overwhelmed with her family and her It's like caving in and crashing in on her. But I think once you start to establish those boundaries, like in your personal life, then you can extend it more outwardly. And so this chapter is just a great example of how you need boundaries everywhere. Boundaries are good. They're not evil they are good um good god and they can, given uh defenses for your 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 spirit and, and your heart posture right um you should always make sure that you're reflecting these things uh and you have a larger voice than you give yourself credit for because if you're like they say with like the overtime stuff if you can't get like and you know you're not gonna be able to get this job done, it doesn't matter what they say, they can do they can explain it however they want to explain it. If the task and the time are not gonna match up, like hey, if you want me to be able to get these things done effectively, this is not gonna work. Like I'm only gonna be able to focus on this because these are the job responsibilities or things that I have. And being able to like actually say that to a supervisor or a manager or whoever is often difficult because by how we set up the workplace you expect them to just know more than you and that's not always the case like uh much like what we said earlier it's the same thing with uh the program and having problems if you never bring up the problem and just keep working around it then it'll never be known that there's a problem so i like the taking of authority in that way of like hey this is what you can do this is what you can handle like also yeah. let me say this let me be real the book talks about the fact that if you are working in an environment that's not you know it's co- it's not they're not respecting your 
boundaries, then you need to be willing to go to another job. Quite mm -hmm. often, people are not willing. They just take it mm -hmm. because that's what's available. And sometimes for them, that is the only job available. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes there are other options and you have to be willing to decide like, I'm trying to think of the right way to say it, but you have to be willing to say, hey, I'm not I'm not doing this like there's more for me. There's better for me. I need better balance. I think yeah. that's the main thing I've been pushing forward with the boundaries book is I need better balance. I need a healthier lifestyle. This job is not doing it. Lord, open the door for me to go somewhere else. I've given them opportunities to establish, you know, and respect my boundaries and they're not taking them. So I need to move myself on lord i need to do something different but that can be very difficult to do um that can be very difficult yeah um it can be incredibly difficult because uh traditionally it has not oh, been difficult for me are. again you I had dropped out it had dropped you out for a second so it was like i was trying to fill in and you came back <laughs> traditionally that has not been an issue for me going to a new job because I get burnt out. I have like a three, four year span and then I'm like, but I, I feel like your, your big boundary is always is family related. Like that, that is your big boundary and, or it's something that has to do with you that is very important. But once a job like kind of starts like disrespecting you, cause you always start. Oh off, baby. Uh, Let me tell you. Great. <laughs> I did have a job. <laughs> I felt uh, very disrespectful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like y'all coming for my integrity. Like it's like you're treating me like I'm two and I'm not. And I didn't like it. So I'm not a person that's necessarily going to go to management and be like, no, you not. Uh, hey guys, I don't, know what I don't you're like this. Say. What no, I'm no, gonna no, do no. is, I'm just. I don't wait. <laughs> Hold on. You want me to tell him? Let me tell him. Let me tell him. Let me tell him what you do. Because <laughs> we <laughs> talk I... about this all the time. Uh, Bob City Girl is the, as per my last email, <laughs> I've stated a uh, factors A through B. And at the end, we'll say, and if this cannot be met, have a nice day. Like, all, whatever those things, like, she is a scalpel that will cut out okay. whatever needs to be cut out. Let me say this. <laughs> I, this was just one job. And also, that lady had made me mad because this we did have a, a death, right? Yeah. And I, even though I didn't feel well, like, emotionally... Like, I took time out of my day to go treat kids, right? Like, mm -hmm. we had a death, but I was like, I am going to do this because, you know, I've committed to this. I know I'm the only person, you know, they're expecting me. Why I get there and she has, she hired some more people and never said a mumbling word. Like, I had no kids to treat. And so that is why. She got that email because number one, two, and three, and number four is what you're not going to do. I was professional, but my mom and my brother were like, you cut that lady. No, she no. Cut See, you set a boundary, but you was real up front. And it's like, it, it, 
the way you set up boundaries when you set your boundaries, it is very clear. It's almost like in life, the movie life, when they start talking about the gun line. And it's like, hey, if you cross the gun line, you get shot. If you think about crossing the gun line, you get shot. That is the way you write your emails, which is like, hey, I don't know if you know or not, but this is the gun line. You're about to cross it, and I don't want that for you. Here's the ways of how you can step back from this landline if you choose not to respect these things. And you do it in a very nice way, uh, verbally. No, y'all said I was, I was like, it was a professional email, though. But also, I need for you to know what you did was not right. It was inappropriate. And give me my money at the end of the day. That's I really like. And send me my check. Be in. Yeah. Oh, and the so sometimes I, I forgot about that lady. <laughs> oh, I never so, forget. Like, I, I, I remember because it's kind of like what we were talking about. We'll, we'll end on this because I don't want to get like too deep back into the book. But it's 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 showing me just the ways people respond. Like we only responded that way or I only responded the way I'll speak for me because I'm not used to doing that. Like you said, I'm used to, you know, put your head down. All right, well, I guess I'll just grumble about it over here and, you know, nothing will really come from it. Um, And so I'd rather do that because I felt like that was the option you were supposed to take versus like, ooh, that's conflict. And it's really not. It's just boundary setting. It's just really, really hard when you're not a good boundary setter. It is really hard. Like I said, I'm a walking contradiction. Like, dog. <laughs> sometimes I have difficulty setting boundaries. And then also, some- um, oh, you finna find out today, sister. That internet, say it one more time. You said sometimes what? Sometimes I have difficulty. Quite often, I do have difficulty setting boundaries because I'm, a, I don't, I'm, I like to avoid conflict. But then you catch me on the right day. I can set a boundary. I feel like it's more like you're it's not that you uh you do not you do not like conflict, but you are your grace is you got one time. Like I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Give me doubt and you're gonna get everything else. You're gonna get this list of hey, this is me. This is how we're going to do this going forward. Um, your choice, and not to say you do it perfectly every time because we no, all I don't, don't do it perfectly but, every time, and it's definitely something I'm working on. So yeah. we'll keep reading and digging and figuring out what we this can do good, to though. enhance this our ability good. to set appropriate, healthy boundaries, not toxic, mean <laughs> <laughs> boundaries. Uh, I, I think this was a great chapter, especially after doing dealing the heavy chapter of last week. Uh, on marriage, that was that was a thing. It was that like, actually was not last week's chapter, but okay. Is it not? What's last week's chapter? Children. Yes. Oh, it's spouse then <laughs> children. We were talking about. See y'all. See I'm doing shit. Uh, that's how this book do you but it's good though and we are only five chapters away five long chapters away from completing the boundaries book uh so i hope that you guys have been going along with us um i have enjoyed learning this because it's spiritually uh giving confidence and like i said reflecting a mirror that i think we all kind of need um in a very safe place so 
We thank you for listening. Please go down to the description and subscribe to all the things. Um, <laughs> it was funny as Prima Diva, a.k.a. my wife, a.k.a. Bible study sister-in-law, um, <laughs> was laughing because she was like, oh, I didn't know y'all was out here praying for people. Yes, we are out here praying for people. So <laughs> if you'd like prayer, uh, send that to Bible study girl at 2019. Bible study girl 2019 at gmail.com or our Facebook page, which is also down in the description. So that way we can uh, be able to pray for you. It is actually down in the description. It might not be in all of them. I'm pretty sure it's from whatever episode to, to, to whenever, but it's from here forward for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh we appreciate you all remember that it is not i or you that preach but we preach and until we meet again guys keep preaching <laughs>